0: Welcome to a podcast. Our guest today started
1: as our go-to dog trainers for deity dogs who needed to brush up on their manners, decompress in a structured environment, or work on their behavior. Ultimately, they became a significant part of our rescue family. Though more than 50 deity dogs have spent time with canine committee to work on balancing their energy and behavior, the biggest impact Jamal and Allie have made is on us. Mm -hmm. They stress the importance of structure and boundaries for a healthy, successful life and how humans energy makes a giant impact on the environment around them. Jamal and Ali are both partners in life and business as owners of Canine Committee and dive deep into both dog and human psychology to create a balanced and strong relationship between a dog and their handler. Welcome, Holly and Jamal, hey. and Jomas. <laughs> oh my God,
0: he's
2: going sit right here.
1: I was
0: hoping he
2: was. This is oh, that's cute. Thank you,
0: <laughs> sir. Thank you guys so much for being here and for bringing my boyfriend along. <laughs> we'll talk about Jomas later, but first, I want to know how
1: you both came to Love Dogs how dogs became a part of your
3: life? Well, me personally, I was always that kid. I used to get in trouble for bringing a bunch of dogs home. I used to bring stray dogs home. I'm talking about like a lot. So I had <laughs> I had a whole backyard full of dogs. And then I see another one roaming the streets. I take my belt off, use it as a leash, and bring them home. <laughs> You're so <I> always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always had a love for dogs and just animals in general. But dogs, just like my my number one animal.
1: Did you always have? an instinct to guide their behavior? Or was it just like a connection you had with dogs? Were you, was there a time where you were just like baby talking and scratching their bellies? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just wondering if there was ever a
3: dog. I mean, yes, yes, there's a time for that, but I was never just uh, a, uh,
0: I understand what you're
3: saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a reason that he's
1: sitting right here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So side
0: kidding. note, Jamal is always trying to teach us that the way to get these guys to do what we want them to do is not to baby talk them, which right. is something that I myself, I'm i know. very guilty of. I know.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, you want to build trust with the dog.
0: Yeah, he trusts us. See,
3: look, yeah. he
2: trusts me very much. <laughs> 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 Ali, how about you? Well, I I brought stray animals home too when I was a little kid, there's no doubt. And I grew up on my grandfather's farm, so we had oh. farm dogs and I would try to keep them clean. <laughs> <laughs> so I would take them down to the big drinking place for the cows. Okay. <laughs> and then I would give them a pass oh. and try, try. I sh- maybe I should have been a groomer. I don't know. Well, maybe people were dropping their animals <laughs> off at the farm for you to groom them. But yeah. And then when I worked in the corporate world, I advocated for dogs and foster dogs for many years. And that was where my love of bully breeds came from. So something
0: we all share. Sitting, yeah. In. I
2: had a really good friend who knew a lot about pities and helped me understand uh, the the stigma attached to them and the stereotype mm-hmm. with bully breeds in general it was just not w- reality. And you grew up in
1: Arkansas, Arkansas primarily was the and Utah and Utah was the energy around bully breeds the same there as you've noticed here in california
2: the energy around dogs when i grew up and i'm a gen xer so life was different (laughs) the energy around dogs dogs in rural communities it's a honestly it's a lot of what we still unfortunately see and try and Mm -hmm. fix is dogs dogs in some households are treated like farm dogs they live on the farm and they sleep outside, and there's just a different mentality and mindset around dogs. I think a lot of that's changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, dogs have become an important part of our communities or our families, of our lives, right. a very important part, and so I think that it's a little bit different now, but yeah, it was a lot different when I grew up that way, but pit all the big bully breeds, King Corsos, they're normal dogs. It was like, oh my gosh, that's this kind of a dog, you know, like people think now.
0: Yeah. Well, back then, it was the Rottweilers. I grew up mm-hmm. thinking,
2: we're being told that were the guard
0: dogs, the dogs that you had to be nervous around. And then at some point, it did shift to the pit bulls and in a big, <laughs> big, big way. In a
2: bad way. Yeah. They're, pit bulls, it seems like have gotten the wrath of everyone because if all of the dog bites were actually reported you wouldn't see like oh every dog that is reported biting someone is always seems to be a pit bull there's a there's a stigma attached to it and so
1: I've been bitten by a few dogs and none of them have been pit
2: bulls. <laughs> there you go. What about you? Which dogs bit you?
1: Um I've had a couple of chihuahua bites.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Them's like the number one. Right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Chihuahuas are quick to use their mouth, but I still love them. <laughs> just the same.
3: If if you if you think about it, like the most popular breed that everybody's getting, that's the dog that's doing the most biting. Yeah. So it's not about the breed is people like if, if they show like a movie right now about bloodhounds or something, and then they show the bloodhounds being aggressive, everybody going to want one. Then they take mm-hmm. them in the backyard doing all kinds of stuff to make mm-hmm. them aggressive. Mm-hmm. Then they, I guarantee you have a lot of bloodhound bites. I'm a Gen X too. So once upon a time it was a German Shepherds and Dobermans also, cause they had that movie, the Doberman gang, then the Rot riders and the pit bulls and, and the crazy part about it way back in the eighties when they had this bad uh, reputation, especially the, the pit bulls, when you walk down the street, people cross the street because they were scared of them. They still do that. But not as much because yeah. now you got people wanting to pet them. But now if you if you pay attention, it changed because first everybody wanted to pet the small dogs back in the 80s and so mm-hmm. in the early 90s and cross the street when they see pet bulls and stuff. But now, when you see people, you walk in a small dog, they be like, oh, that dog is going to act up. They cross the street sure. and want to pet your pet bull now. Yeah. So that shows you as humans is the one that's doing this.
1: I know that something with canine committee is that all dogs are good dogs. And yeah. I think that's 100%. really true, especially in what you were just saying. It's not because of their breed that they're acting any specific way. It's because of the trends. It's the way that people treat them. It's the way that they're viewed on the street or whatever. So have you noticed in training or being a behavioralist or dog psychologist, that there is any difference in any brain of any breed of any dog, or is a dog a dog?
3: Well, in general, dogs is dogs, you know, but they, certain breeds are bred to do certain things, like Bulldogs and Rottweilers and stuff like that. They're more headstrong. Yes, they are. But at the end of the day, they are dogs. They need leadership and guidance. Whoever's gonna be in charge might be have to be more of a stronger leader then yeah. you might have to be a more strong leader with a Rottweiler ride than with a Golden Retriever. Sure. And it depends on what do you want out of your dog. Like, if you have a Golden Retriever, it's easy to teach that dog to play fetch because it's in their blood to retrieve. But now you have a Akita, mm. it's going to be a little bit more difficult, you know? So, mm. So the breed does matter to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, they are are dogs so
1: the breed matters more in their needs and what their most fulfilling yes inherent similarities right so like having a german shepherd it's not that a german shepherd is a bad dog it's that a german shepherd has a need to be mentally stimulated and exercise a lot so if you put them in an environment where they don't get those things that they need then you can see a dog acting out
3: yes it's just they need to burn that energy they you need to fulfill them so like them Belgian model was, everybody wants to get one now because yes. but that, them dogs is, is them dogs is like you have to do something with them. Them dogs need That's to be a That's why they're police dogs. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. You can't get yeah. one of them dogs and live in an apartment and just expect that dog is gonna you have a weapon. Wear a right? sweater yeah, and like
1: yeah. feel good.
3: And then if the dog act out because you're not fulfilling it, now yeah. you got aggressive dogs. <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. they're gonna you know. So,
1: yeah. I'm going to keep making jokes and see what all
3: out. about it. I just did. I just did. <laughs> what do we
0: have, we have this uh, group <laughs> Text going the four of us and Allie Lindsay and I will just go all day long all day long and then something funny will be said and then all of a sudden Jamal will like he'll pop in he'll pop in like, oh,
1: that's like
3: yeah or sometimes
1: maybe if it's someone's birthday sometimes you send yeah. a little yes. emoji or something but yeah. so we wait we're like Lindsay and I'll be like do you think Jamal yeah. then we'll side text and we will like I'll probably s- no, see probably see
3: some pop like once a year
1: huh yeah, yeah. maybe on our, I maybe, I uh, on our birthdays yeah. Uh,
0: I get so
3: excited. We're like, there he is. He's watching. We knew he was. Otherwise, I'm always watching. watching. And sometimes I'll be ready to send some. Like, no, no, they they're waiting for me to do this. (laughs)
0: See, now we're telling
2: you our secrets. But every dog is different, though. When dogs come to us, they're different. It doesn't matter if they're in the same house. We have lots of sibling dogs. Every dog is different and we have to evaluate them and look at what their needs are, what motivates them. Different dogs get motivated by different things. Some dogs that live in the same house are motivated by food and others are motivated by toys. Some are motivated by affection. So you have to drill down and figure out what motivates them.
1: And that can be true if they're two different breeds or if they are Mm -hmm. two different ages. Or even, I mean- Or the same breed litter mates but even if they were litter mates mm-hmm. two litter mates can have different needs well everybody yeah. has their yeah. own
0: personality yes.
1: yes. I mean they have a it, brain. Does,
0: if it doesn't <laughs> matter what breed every, every dog, every human like we all are our own people yeah. you know so you have to treat them as the individuals that they are as well
3: yeah, because I'm glad you said that because a lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah. You know, oh, I have I had dogs when I was growing up. Oh, I mm-hmm. had pit bulls. Okay, and that's cool, you know, but have you had this one? Right, right. You can't treat other dogs the way you treated your dog. It's different. Right. You can't ex- well, let me change it. You can't expect from other dogs what you expect from the dog that you had. You know, if the dog was right. a well-balanced dog and this and that, and it was behaving a certain way, then you get another pit bull. And then you expect your dog to to behave exactly like, it's not going to happen. And people
2: do, they expect, and they look at that dog and talk to that dog and talk about that dog as if it's the other dog.
1: That's so much pressure.
2: It is, it is. And it brings energy into the situation that isn't really relevant. Right, that's
0: a good point.
1: Yeah, I I want to talk more about energy. With dog training, and it's something that I've noticed a lot because you do a board and train program, so people can send their dogs and then you work with the dog and the dog works on their structure, their boundaries, their behavior, but they can't expect that you can then take that dog home and all of these things are going to continue to be the way that they were when you were working with them. Mm -mm. So it's 50% the dog, but it's
2: also 50% the human. It's probably 70% the human. Oh, would
3: you say 70%? I say say all human. It's all human. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's me personally, I say all human. Because the thing is, when you bring the dog back, of course, you have to explain to the people, the person, and. This is what you do. This is what you do. You know, review dogs, the training. And, and dogs is not an appliance. You ain't like you can just take them and fix them like a coffee maker Up, and bring plug them back. In? Yeah, and yeah, some people think that. Yeah. You know? And before even I even bring a dog to the boarding training, take a dog to boarding training, I explain to them like I, I go to the house, I talk to them, have a conversation, I can pretty much figure out all oh, what's going on and what they're doing wrong, and I have that conversation with them. Then when we do boarding training, and then when I bring them back, this is what you do. Sometimes they keep it up. The majority of times when they keep up the training and stuff, it's, it's, it's successful. Yeah. And then if it's not something like the dog is doing this, the dog is doing that, misbehaving, I ask them questions, I can tell when they're lying. Oh, so people good. have to understand it starts with us. The dog is, like a, is a reflection of us. It starts with us. We have to have that structure with the dog. The dog wants to be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. We're the leaders. And when we humanize dogs, we damage them psychologically and create issues. We humanize them, they're not humans. It's really important that we understand that they're dogs. And once you understand the dog, they have a better relationship with, with the dog. And it's a way better bond once you understand it. It's Because if, if you have a selfish type of attitude, and it's like, it's about me, I want this, I want love, I want hugs, I want yeah. this. Okay, but what about the dog? What the dog? Yeah, now the dog is resource guarding you, doesn't trust you and you just have a bad relationship with the dog so it all starts with us and showing that leadership and that's what people need to understand yeah it's really important that they understand that
0: i agree and (laughs) i think i've told you this before because when we first started working with you that's a common conversation that you would have with us and our fosters and our adopters about the dogs and it it forced me to think about my own life and my own approach as being a dog mom and a human mom and a friend and a daughter and all that stuff. You're like, you know, what you were saying about you need to be the pack leader. Well, okay, that's a whole new concept to me because although I am the pack leader, I haven't mentally felt like I am a pack leader. And it was a shift for me. In life, in relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. in everything. And now it's so much easier for me to mentally okay. shift into that mode, especially when I need to. But definitely, I think in general now, I act differently than I did before listening to you say that. Right. So thank you.
1: You're
3: welcome. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's
1: so true. We spend. A lot of time talking to you guys on the phone and checking in about dogs and the progress that that they've made and each of those conversations generally turns into well imagine if this was happening to you imagine if you were in the -hmm. shelter for three months and it's loud and it's chaotic and you're transitioning into a new home how would you feel what would your brain be doing what would your body be doing and you can put yourself in the dog's shoes to see what they would need most, which is where we get into decompression a lot. But I love that, and I don't think I ever expected that dog training would have such a deep impact on like human energy, emotion, how you get on in the world. I think that's just such a neat, that's such a neat thing. Is that
2: something that was always innate to you? Like when you started training, were you like, well, this is what would how I would feel. Okay, I'm gonna say something about that because This is real energy. People do not understand the importance of it. A lot of people think of it in terms of um, or crystals, but true energy, the energy that you need to work with these dogs, in my opinion, is a gift. You either have it or you don't. I don't have the same gift he has. He has really incredible energy and dogs learn so much from us when we're teaching them, you know, with energy, with the with our body language, with guiding them and leading them. Yes. And I, I can't tell you how much I've learned from him with his energy because it helps me be a better person. And using your energy to teach dogs is a really good way to learn about yourself. And oh. I personally, I can just speak for myself, tons of corporate training over my career and learned from a lot of really incredible motivators and leaders. I've learned more from working with dogs than from all of them combined. Energy consists of emotions and intentions. You cannot control those. So it's so important to understand yourself and be honest with yourself about- what you're
1: bringing to the table. Yeah,
2: and how does that work with my dog and it goes back to every dog isn't for every person what do i need as far as my lifestyle is concerned so i can give this dog what it needs
1: i mean that's a a place in their brain where i don't think a lot of people even go right they're talking about bringing a dog into their home to like add to their family without thinking about what they can provide for this other living being mm-hmm. who's now part of their household
3: and it also yeah. goes back to energy too because if, if you're more of a person that don't like to do walks often and you just a couch potato. You don't want to get no husky. Sure. You want to get a dog that Your matches energy. energy. Some people just see the cuteness. Oh, that's a cute dog. The if you're a, a, <laughs> totally. like a, a real relaxed person, you're going to have to take and do stuff with that dog to get that dog to burn this energy out. I mean, totally. It's not going to work. And vice versa, if you're a, a, a athletic person, always like to go on hikes and stuff. You don't want to get no English bulldog. Sure. Because yeah. them dogs could probably take a, a quarter of a block and, and this is ready to turn back around. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: have deviated septum They can't breathe. <laughs> they can't breathe.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they
1: like cookies. And they yeah. like cookies, <laughs> Jamal. You can really see the energy shift, especially in an environment like this. Like when the dogs come in, granted, it's new, they want to smell everything, but the energy is very high. They're ping-ponging, everything is really so tense. And then as we kind of start talking. There's a flow in the room. The dogs end up doing this. Yeah. And I think that it's a really clear indication of the energy in the room has changed. Everyone can just kind of relax and yep. How quickly
2: a dog can catch on to that. Well, and the other thing is, is again, just talking about the Gen X. I mean, like we're all, all of us. You're not Gen You're not.
0: Sometimes I feel like you're honorary because you she, do know I, some of the she's things. An soul, that she's an old soul. She's yeah, an yeah, old she Does
3: have a more old soul. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, thanks, Janet. Yeah. She Janet Jackson and Alana. So. Honorary. Okay.
2: Gen- yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll take it.
1: We'll I'll give you. Proud. We'll give you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but think about the things that you used to do. How did you interact as you were growing up with others, you know? Yeah. If you think about your priorities when you're growing up, a lot of us that grew up in that generation, it was kind of the school of hard knocks. Totally. And so when you think about, oh, my dog had an accident on, you know, okay. My dog had an accident, not... Oh my God, yes. my dog, had an accident, And it's oh, like, <laughs> up. literally shit happens, right? yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. And
3: literally. Literally. literally, literally.
2: That's one of those things where if I'm gonna get a dog, then I need to know and understand and research and think and meet yeah. and talk and learn and that's okay. It's not a coffee table book. Right.
1: Totally, and I think that that is, another risk i get very excited about this sorry i feel like i keep cutting you off <laughs> no. but it's something that often comes up in our conversation yes. is not to harp on the past and accidents totally. is something that comes to mind because we often have adopters who are like oh he had an accident like how do i deal with it and the thing is like unless you catch it in the moment like you can't no dog is harping on what they did five minutes ago or what happened two years ago in their past. It's been a really big lesson for being a human being, but also for how to interact with...
3: (laughs) I gotta say the difference between human emotions and dog emotions. Humans, we dwell on the past and worry about the future. And dogs, they live in the moment. We we find a dog that's had a messed up History we've and all, and then, of those. and then the foster gets in and be like, "Oh, nothing's going to happen to you no more." The dog is not even thinking about that. You know, when right. we bring that energy to the dog, and right. you know, we wonder why the dog is still the insecure. Dog is resource guarding the dog me now. is still <laughs> fearful is because we just been reinforcing we're all still that. It we're on still, that. We're like, still putting it on that. Like they're past it, but we're like, "But remember?" Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm glad
0: you brought that up because yeah, I really feel important. like it is so important. Yeah. And for a long time, I feel like when I first got into rescue, that was something that mentally I was doing. I was putting their past Mm -hmm. or maybe I didn't even know what their past was but I could read them now and Mm -hmm. I could like get a sense oh the dog was beaten or Mm. you know whatever but I didn't really have proof of that and at some point... You said, don't put your shit on them. You don't know that that's the truth. So now I try and be more just, you know, when I'm telling the story of a dog, if I'm writing a post or something, I go from facts, what I know. Mm -hmm. Facts are real. Facts Facts are real. real. (laughs) And, you know, we can surmise like why the dog became the way the dog is. But you know what? They're living in the moment, they're living in now. Yeah. Right now, they've been rescued. Yeah. Right now, they're getting an opportunity as a reset with you guys. Right. And that's where we're gonna go. So, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up.
3: Yeah, that's, that's really important right there. You know? And it's hard sometimes for people because it's the emotion part. Right, yeah. Like they, they, you know, you see a dog, if they was found somewhere in the alley and they got like, you know, hat, no. The stuff. Maggots on them. You know, I have yeah. almost barely living and stuff. It's hard for somebody to get in and not feel sorry for it. But if right. you want to you help that dog, you just have to like put that to the side. Yeah. Right. It's and not you know, what's best
1: for the dog. Yeah. I mean, we see it in a very specific case with the shelter. Like they've come out of the shelter, they've been in their kennel and it's maybe it's cold, it's small, it's dark. And we're like, well, that's never gonna happen. Here's my huge house and here's all the toys, all the blankets. And to us, that's like, look, the shelters in your past and like, here's all the things that you have. But to them, it's like, this is so overwhelming. Like I just did this and now I'm going to this. Like that, it doesn't serve a positive purpose in the way that humans think that it is because they're dogs.
2: Well, they're in survival mode in the shelter. The shelter is a place filled with, and I'm talking about from energy. Adrenaline. Toxic, sick, death, stress, anxiety, Mm -hmm. negativity. Mm -hmm. There isn't a whole lot of positivity in there. So putting yourself in their their perspective, they're in there with their little instincts that they're born with just trying to survive. And so people see dogs in the shelter and then when they adopt them from the shelter and get them home, they're a completely different dog. Right.
0: Yeah. Which now brings, you see who they are. Yeah, and a big thing that we've learned from you guys is decompression, because like Lindsay was talking about, you pull the dog from this tiny kennel, take them to this wonderful home, and they've got the run of the house, but they shouldn't, No. Nope. because they should be Decompressing. Yeah. De-
3: Decompressing. Uh, yeah. And so because you want the dog to start getting used to his environment. If you just take him home, let him roam and everybody getting them treats. It can be overwhelming. Every dog is different. Some dogs can just fall right into it. You know, like, okay, give it to him. And before you know it, the dog is a resource guarding a whole house. He's running the house and you try to tell the dog to get place work and he's nipping at you. Or if the dog is so super fearful and you take him to the house and you're doing all this, giving him treats and trying to he all in his face too much, and then it could become overwhelming to the point to where he react in a negative way. He's growling at you. Then they be like, oh, this dog is this aggressive dog. It's no, it's just dog just don't know you. Right. And you're overwhelming them. So dogs only got four states of minds fight, flight, avoid, surrender. So if he goes into fight mode, like you all pressure him, he's growling, he's just nip, like lunge a little bit, nip at you. Oh, I can't have this dog here. No, but the dog was telling you. This right. whole time, I'm uncomfortable right. with you. Right. Get away from me. I, I don't know yeah. you like that. So Warnings. I yeah. tell people all the time, I tell like a lot of people, just, don't expect more from your daughter than you from yourself. Because so if okay. a stranger just came up to you right now, just get out of your face, you're going to give them all those signs, like get away from me, like smacking them. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I always compare it to a music <laughs> festival because... People of my gen- I don't know what generation letter I am. You're on a music okay, festival Honorary. gen X. You go to the music festival, you're there <laughs> for like three days. Everything is crazy. You're like outside of the real world. There's so much noise. There's so many people. And then you go home and someone's like, let's go to the bar tonight. And you're like, absolutely not. Like, my brain cannot take it. I've got to sit in a quiet dark room and just like decompress. That's the human experience of leaving the shelter that I can relate to. So I think that, I just see these dogs leaving these music festivals. <laughs> like, we call them concerts. OK, concert. Yeah. Yeah. Music festival. Lollapalooza. Music Lala festival.
2: festival. <laughs> <laughs> concert. OK, so there's, see? there's my age, I guess. I don't know. No, that's just that extra. Yeah, it's a little extra. Well, it's like three.
1: I'm talking about a three-day concert.
2: Yeah, we call them concert. concert. Oh. oh, I didn't know. Well, <laughs> There were like 30 bands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You got a wristband. Okay, yes, they're the same. They're the same. (laughs) But
0: what you're saying is true. And I was never like a proponent of crates until now. But now I get it. Like if you wanted to put a dog bed in the crate and then lock me in there for a couple of days to decompress with like another blanket over top of it, I might be very happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially when you're coming off of going to the shelter, running the kennels, just something very stressful. And One day a- in rescue. One day in rescue. <laughs> That's all. 300 yeah. emails of final pleas of yeah. dogs from I every mean, city and county shelter. And turn the lights off. And <laughs> take my phone away from me, please. Totally. Yeah. What does a
1: crate serve in dog training, transition, decompression?
3: Well, it serves different things. That's the dog little safe spot. And then the, it's the area where they can go and just relax. And sometimes the dogs don't want to be bothered with us too. We got to keep in mind, people overwhelm their dogs. Sometimes the dogs just walk away from us. So you want that spot to be like where the dog can get away and just relax and chill, you yeah. know? And um, I always say the, the important thing about when you bring a dog home, put him in the crate is because you don't want to get the dog all that space. Because if you let the dog roam the house, there's so much stuff can happen. Negative things can happen about your dog running around the house. Even separation anxiety. The dog is following you around the house, and then you petting the dog all the time. You go in the kitchen. Dogs in the kitchen. Then we decide to put it in the crate. Now, the, now that's the issue. So you want to get the, the the dog used to the crate first, and then once the dog get used to the crate, the dog has to earn more and more space of the house. He has mm. to earn it. Because if you're going to have your dog under control in the crate, you're not going to have him under control in the house because your house is a bigger version of the yes. crate. Because yeah. if you let him out of the crate every time he whines and let him roam around the house, okay, let him do that for about a week. And then you go outside, you go to the store and leave him in the house. And he's going to behave in that house the same way he behaving in the crate. Your curtains going to be like, just going to be torn down, your blinds, and you're going <laughs> through your, through your to through, chew through your wall. <laughs> so I, I always tell people, like, even like, um. Like, 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 I, I tell people this all the time. Like, when I used to go to my grandma's house, she had this little front yard. And then, when I, when I come visit her for the uh, summertime, she starts to tell me, Stay right here. I can keep an eye on you. Keep an eye I was like, Mrs. Bourne. I didn't want to be in that little yard. You know, I'm a kid. <laughs> and then, in time, she let me go down the street and play with the kids. And then, in time, I can go off the block. And then I can go spend a night. Then I can go to see, I had to earn all that.
1: Grandma knew how to yeah. do it. So,
3: imagine if she would allow me just to roam the streets and stuff like yeah. that first, and Dan told me to stay home right. in the yard. I would have right. had anxiety. Yeah. I would have been hopping the fence, yeah. and misbehaving. Totally. So it's their safe spot, you know. And when they're in that they crate, decompressing, or if they're in there just don't want to be bothered, it's good. Not just going there bothering them, because if he's in there and you got company coming over bothering him, it's not. It's, it's not his safe it's, space. It's not a safe space. <laughs> He's doing he, this for the camera. You got set, set him up. This whole thing, is, to get I me whispered
0: a, it in his ear when he wanted yeah. it. I he said, felt, this is your moment. He, he found a way to snuggle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is essentially. See, <laughs> so he
3: forced his way up. Go ahead. Yeah. This is
0: essentially this boy, you yeah, know? Is, he uh, needs a home. He needs a home. Yes. And just a little background on this boy. Um, Lindsay and I, this summer, it was exceptionally hot. It was a heat wave. It was exceptionally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a desert shelter who we've worked with for years now. And we had reached out to her about ice. And they're just as overwhelmed as any other shelter around here. And we went out there and took ice. And Jomas was with two other dogs, two other pit bulls Mm -hmm. in what was supposed to be a play yard but they had turned it into a place to kennel them because they had so many dogs. So we walk in, we roll the ice in, and those three were the first recipients of the ice. And the animal control (laughs) officer filled up the big trough of water, and he put the ice in there for them. And the three of them just had the best time. Oh, can you imagine? Jomas specifically. Yeah, he yeah. loves
3: dogs, that's for sure. And and he yeah, does love dogs yeah. and he
0: loves ice. <laughs> in, speaking of energy, like there was just something about him. And I think you knew from the beginning, I just had this thing for this dog. And lo and behold, which was like a miracle in itself, the two other dogs in the kennel with him got adopted together.
1: Yes. Yes. oh yeah that's
0: cool so when we came back the next week <laughs> he was alone yeah well actually they were getting picked up that day but he was he was gonna be alone. he was gonna be alone and I was like okay this dog has been here for a long time and it's hot and he's outside and he's black and he's a good dog friendly boy we gotta get him out of here so that's how jomas came I remember when you went back to get him yeah I couldn't sleep the night before. Yeah. Like my father would say, no, that's a
2: dog. It's a dog. That's a (laughs) dog. Yeah. He's got really good energy. He's
0: got really cool
1: energy. He's just a a good go with the flow kind of guy. He's young. He's energetic.
2: He wants to be involved. I'm blown away that he hasn't been adopted because he's really friendly with other dogs. Yeah. And that is that's a huge plus. Yeah. Not all dogs are like that. They might be tolerant. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there are very few dogs that are just like, hey, to every dog that comes along. Now he
0: was a little rough around the edges. He Mm -hmm. never really had any basic training. So (laughs) (laughs) actually, he was in foster. He had a wonderful foster home. They're away on vacation now. And um, initially, I reached out because he was a jumper, and we really wanted to get him settled in correctly. They had another dog, a sweet little husky. Um, And being that... You know, we didn't know where he came from. He had no training, just wanted to make it a smooth transition. And Jamal, it was a Saturday or a Sunday and you came out and spent a couple of hours with the fosters mm-hmm. and meeting him and assessing him and got him comfortable in the, the crate, which was a game changer for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just to bring it back to the convo that we had, imagine from
1: going from being in the shelter for as long as he was in a crate to them going to this house that was like had this gorgeous huge backyard and another dog and like all these sofas
0: beautiful sofas beautiful (laughs) sofas (laughs) but Jonas was
1: like wait what? (laughs) so when Jamal came and introduced the crate I think that it kind of shifted something in his brain being like I don't have to take over this whole house like I've
2: got my spot yeah it felt good it's like their own room I mean imagine if we didn't have a place to lay our head in our own safe space in our room. Oh, I don't like to imagine that. I love my bed. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what they need. They need a spot, a place, and what we've seen a lot with dogs is they may not have to use the crate for their whole entire life, but for the beginning of it and setting these boundaries, rules, limitations, trust, respect, all of the things it's such a good tool so that they feel safe while they're learning yeah
3: and also if even in the future once you get the dog conditioned to the crate it's good even if you don't use it every day or something like once the dog will know all the rules and boundaries in the house it's still good to put them in a crate for maybe an hour or two a day just so they won't start like to maintain st- it to maintain uh-huh. it because you never know you might have family members who's coming over and you don't want your dog roaming so you might want to put them in a crate just sure all right all right your dog can be going to somebody else's house or some family mm-hmm. members where they want to take care of your dog. He's like, okay, you put them in a crate, you might have to transport them in a crate. You don't want to have no problems with the crate. Yeah. Like, you, you know, keep putting the them skill in a, yeah, on their resume. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and exactly. even though today he's being a little spoiled up here and I can see Jamal's like...
3: No, he's good. Look at him. <laughs> so he, <good>. he really <laughs> is. Because he's, he's calm. It's good to give him affection when he's calm like this. That's
0: he is problem. like yeah. two hands on him at right.
1: all yeah, times. Yeah, if like, yeah, yeah, he was all <laughs> excited or something, Got yeah.
3: doing this. Then I'll probably, i I'll have to probably say, cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're rewarding that excited yeah. Ladies,
0: chill. But at this <laughs> point, which is another major selling point for my boyfriend here, he has spent a couple of weeks with you guys now. And does know his basic training, mm-hmm. his basic commands, and even Jamal. This is another Jamalism that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal. Jamal, and he doesn't say this about every dog, only some. He'll be like, "That's a good dog." That's, he says, That's, yeah,
1: a cool
3: yeah. dog. "That's
0: a cool dog." That's yeah. a cool dog. I like him. He's a cool dog. And on the way up the stairs today, I said it. He said it. <laughs> yeah. I said it.
3: He's a simple. He's, he's a he's simple a, dog, yeah, yeah he's, he, that's
0: it. He's good on a leash, he likes his walks, yeah, right? And yeah. he's learning not to jump. Because when you're a smaller person and he
2: jumps, like, he could knock you down. He's yeah, good, cool. <laughs> if he wanted to. Impulse control, when a dog has never had any kind of boundaries, we see a lot of those dogs that have never had any kind mm-hmm. of training or have lived in a, in a home environment where there was some limitation for them. A lot of those dogs have major impulse you can always tell the jumping and lunging and just the no they don't know what a stop sign is yeah
3: yeah i mean if you think about this is pretty similar to somebody's house like you see how he's behaving he doesn't have no anxiety or nothing like that so he's a
0: couch potato that's what his foster mom kept saying like they watched a lot of movies together yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) he knows the value of a cozy spot exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) and another great thing about him now is that he always has you guys like in his back pocket for wherever he ends up you know if they have any kind of Questions, or you know, you know, this dog now. So yeah, he has his
2: Uncle Jamal and his Aunt Ali Yeah. <laughs> Decompression, it's again, it just shows you even the shift from the coming from the being in foster to coming to canine committee. Like, we when we take on clients of board and train clients, there's a reason why we won't take short little times yeah. because it, it's pointless. We're, right. They're not going to learn anything right. if they're coming for three days of training. They're going to decompress and then time to go. Right. So maybe they got some new experiences in a different environment, but it's not the same thing as learning about all the practices, right? The threshold work. And then we, all the dogs learn treadmill. So
3: oh, he is definitely, he's good on the treadmill. The ah.
2: Treadmill is more about mental work. Than physical, because you have mental exercise and physical exercise. Right. And they and everybody needs both to have balance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. That's so. like my step class. I have to remember this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. But That is mental also. I for have sure. to remember what what's gonna be cued next. So you had mentioned something about Jamal's energy, mm-hmm. how it's different. And I'm just curious, what exactly do you mean by that?
2: Well, Everybody has different energy, right? Because we are are all different. And again, it's knowing yourself, okay? People that are really dialed in with who they are as an individual, it's like, I know my limitations, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I know who I am. And when you are in that state of mind, like when you get to that place, wherever that may be for everybody's different again, you are become confident. And not arrogant, confident. And you just live your life. You're not worried about what someone else says about you. You're not worried about what somebody might think. You're doing your life in a confident, balanced way. It's like a goal. And so he's like that. He knows himself. He knows who he is. He's very comfortable with himself. When you really know yourself and you have whatever your values and standards and all of those things are. And that's how you live every day. That's what you do. When you get up, it's just that's who you are and how you live. And dogs love that. When we have toxic lives that are filled with anxiety and stress, that a lot of that we put on ourselves, it upsets the apple cart of the household. It, whether you have children or whether you just have dogs or whether you live alone, whether you live with roommates, it doesn't matter. Our energy impacts everything, everyone around us, and. I've learned so many lessons from that because I like lists. I like numbers. I like th- Fair, like, Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> this is, yeah that, no. I I I'm bothered when we get out of order. You're a banker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you learn that about yourself and you okay, all right. And so we, we joke around about the fact that he which i heard you guys talk about the other day which may, makes me laugh he's breaks and i'm gas. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want you to think about that Your are breaks and she's gas but think about personalities a very driven high functioning yeah. personality i'm gas and he's breaks yeah Do you see what i'm saying yeah and it's like when you know yourself and know that like you and then you're like oh okay i gotta i i caught myself i gotta like dial that back or mm-hmm. whatever and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> haven't considered dialing it back. before. No, 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 I'm just talking about for me, it's like, oh, we've got to do this. We've got this and this is we've got to go pick up this dog. We've got to go like it's because it's like that all day for me. Right. Because I'm on the phone yeah. talking to clients and, and scheduling things and, and dealing with all these different little things. And so then when I really. There's like a
1: human <laughs> being
2: behind your list who's doing all the things you
1: told him right. to do. <laughs>
2: right. So that's an energy check. And it used to be he'd be so nice.
1: About it now, he's just like, he would be
3: like, I'm tired. I need food, I just got <laughs> yeah, yeah. mad. Yeah. Please work a little <laughs> You gotta think about it. driving, driving through LA. Come on now, that's that's a and you
0: do
1: that's, that's
3: a mental exercise itself, yes. And, and that's like, like oh you already you guys experience it, yeah. You go oh, yeah. to different places, it, it's been times where I leave about like seven in the morning, and for some reason, I get back home down there seven at night, and, and only been to like Two training assessments, or something like how did all this happen? Like, where all the time go, it's LA traffic. All this
1: we need to put it when we get here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, slow in it's like,
3: man, yeah, <laughs> no way around that. That's that's like, man.
0: Well, that's why you guys don't live in L.A., but now you have to travel to L.A. every day. Oh, yeah, yeah we are in LA. Well just live
3: you're out LA. here. are well, L.A. Yeah. we
0: yeah. You're more humane. That's where you are.
2: But the reality is, it, it goes back to that importance of energy mm-hmm. with everything we do. With everyone we interact with, you just have to slow down. And seeing the difference in dogs with calm, confident energy versus anxiety-ridden, toxic type energy, there's like a physical difference. Aside from the behavior part, like you can just look at them and see. There's this little meme that shows what happens as we pass our stress off onto our dogs. Hmm. And it's talking about energy and it's talking about how when we're feeling stressed or when we are having a lot of anxiety or we're sad, whatever, let's say, balance is here and our emotions are up here anywhere in this part, like go for a walk. Like, go take a breath, go sit down and have a drink. You know what I mean? Apple juice. Of course course she's talking about apple juice or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, if you take that five minutes, it's gonna be a game changer for the next four hours.
1: Yeah, and you're not putting it on your
3: dog. Yeah, yeah, the dog doesn't listen or respond to that type of energy. Like if you're stressed out or you're angry, you're trying to get your dog to do something, it's not going to listen. The dog sees you as being unstable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to be calm and confident. Mm -hmm. We see this all the time somebody chasing their dog, get over here, get over here. That dog ain't coming to them. The dogs keep looking at you like you're crazy and (laughs) keep running, keep running because you're an unstable person. You're (laughs) an unstable person. So you have to be calm and confident. Working with your dog, they don't listen or respect anything that's unstable. Only species that follow something unstable, we all know, is the human species.
0: Yeah. Yikes. See, yeah. I love this. It's Yikes. always such a good therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like. Me and Ellen are going to board and train. Yeah, we're going to board and train. We well, want calm, confident energy, and I definitely need structure and boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And we want
3: to train. I mean, The dogs help me help them because I'm not just helping the dogs, they helping me help them. Because I got to keep myself in check even in order to do this. Mm-hmm. It's a little difficult for some other people and stuff, but everybody's energy is different. But trust me, I have my days. <sighs> I got to sit me. I got to take a breath. I got to just like, okay, I got this. Let me yeah. go ahead and handle this and do what I got to do to get this dog right and stuff. So people that have dogs with a lot of issues, it's pretty much a reflection of them. It really is them. You know?
2: <laughs> That's the honest truth. Yeah. and it's. And it, but you know what? That's okay. Because once you discover that, mm-hmm. let's fix it. Do you know what? Totally. Let's work on it together. And it, one of his mentors, Leah Marquez, she says, you get what you pet. And it's true. Huh. It's mm-hmm. so true. If your dog's excited all the time and that's when you're giving them all the affection, then you're gonna have an excited dog because that's what you're rewarding. If your dog is scared, fearful, and shaking, and you, oh, it's okay, and you pet it, you pet it. Well, you're telling that dog, Yes, feel
3: like that. Have you know? Have you noticed like when when kids is learning, babies is first learning how to walk. When they get off balance and they fall on their butt, the baby's not even hurt, and to the adults be like, oh, do all that, and then the baby start looking around, then the baby starts oh, crying. Damn, so we just did hurt. It, it, yeah. It, <laughs> oh wait! Oh wait! I can get attention if it <laughs> oh, yeah, hurts. Yeah, and then we we did that. It we was, conditioned. Uh, we did that. So that's what we do with the dogs, like how she was just saying. But. The dog is fearful, like you pet what you get. If the dog's fearful, you start petting them and you just reinforce them and you tell them that something's wrong. So if you,
0: I so. love that. Makes exactly. total sense. Yeah.
2: And I can totally put that towards my little pack too. Here's the other thing too. This is really cool because I was talking to one of your adopters about their cute little chihuahua that comes to us. And she was a little pill when she first got her, she was very fearful and had to learn confidence. We were having this conversation about all of this stuff and she said, you know, the one thing that you told me uh, that stuck with me and made me work through this was is that sometimes you don't get the dog you want, you get the dog you need. Ooh! Ooh, that gave me chills. (laughs) Yeah, because it forced her to look at herself Yes. Yes. Yeah. And work through the issues that she had that she was projecting onto her dog. And creating a lot of unnecessary crazy for herself. Yes. Oh my God, she's running around the house. Okay, let's talk about why she's doing that. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of, oh, how could you run around the house? Let's figure out, okay, did we go for a walk? Did we ever limit in the house where she could run around?
0: You know what I mean? Just like she's feeling insecure because it's a big space and she's asking.
2: Yeah for a small space yeah so it makes us feel really good like we will have conversations guess what just happened because when people get it and you can see it the light go on or see it click with them and they s- start to change things and do things and take take the initiative to oh you know what and we'll get the most amazing text from adopters and even uh, fosters guess what we are doing this and we get this video and it's just it's the best it's oh, the that's best So cool it's really satisfying it's how you feel when dogs get adopted it's like when you know that you've got them from here to here now it's their job to take this precious cargo and you know do the right things totally do the right things. i love
1: that
2: yeah well i know that after people
1: watch this, they're gonna be dying to chat more with you guys and maybe their dogs
2: are gonna to have to come visit. <laughs> How can people find you? Well, our primary thing is to work with rescues and their clients. So if they have a dog that they adopted from you then they like have them reach out. Cool. What's yeah. your Instagram? It's at k9 committee with a a K. K K. (laughs) I'm right here oh yeah yeah at K9 committee amazing yeah there's a few um, of those deity dogs on there you'll see yeah (laughs) that's
1: right including this one (laughs) including this boy he's (laughs) He's tired well thank you so much for being here thank you for the life lessons and helping
2: our dogs become their best selves well and thanks to you for all the work that you do to save dogs rescue dogs help and support the rescue. We're trying to do our little part. Everybody has to do something to create a a positive, happy, balanced society. And so we're really grateful to all of the people that foster and adopt.
0: Yeah, we're grateful to you You guys do so much. Thank you so much.